Western companies have always grappled with challenging issues when they do business in China, whether it's protecting intellectual property, having free access to Chinese markets, or maintaining an ethical supply chain. But the challenges today are even greater. And Ram Charan says, if you're a CEO, you need to understand that the clock is ticking. So here is what I want everybody to know, that President Xi could not be more explicit. And he has a right to do that as the leader of the nation, that he wants to make China self-sufficient. Self-sufficiency is the order of the day. Hi, I'm Irene Silber with the Vanguard Network. Ram Sharan is a business consultant and CEO advisor and the author of more than 30 books. He recently sat down with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta for a freewheeling hour-long webinar. Much of it focused on what CEOs need to think about when doing business in China and what are the alternatives. Here are some of the highlights. Let's get going on China. So mm -hmm. first, uh, one thing I thought would be valuable for people to know is uh, why are your assessments accurate? What makes this assessment credible? Ken, first, thank you. Second, I have been working in China for almost 15 years. I worked for almost 50 companies inside China. Some I've gone through all the way through details for years, including looking at their budget. To this day, I serve on one of the important companies, China's board. I have done work with the CEO of companies like Baidu, like JD.com, and so on. So having gone there, getting inside the companies and the families, you get to know a lot more than just a two-hour interview to write a book. And that gives me a pretty good feel what's happening. And the second reason is, that when I was teaching at Harvard Business School, we had a course that I taught. In that course, you try to pull together a strategy of a nation from behavior and actions. Now, many strategies are not coherent. They are fragmented. You show that. And so that gave me the chance to pull together the strategy of the China's the Communist Party, CCP, and say what their strategy is, what their goal is, and that hard facts, they are not something that you simply make them up. And they have a long-term strategy, so that's easier to pull together because they are announced, they're explicit, and they back it up with the actions. And so, Ram, I guess that leads us into the, the central thesis of, of your uh, view on China today. What is the uh, threat of China, because it's always posed some sort of threat. But what's the the threat today, and, and what's changed to make it such a big deal now? Well, one of the things, Ken, is when I talk to people inside America, including Washington, Congress, senators, talk to the business people, you have very distinct views of the people, some very emotional. Say, we did this, we did that. What is this? Or some say, look, stay with them, work with them, have collaboration with them, everything will work out. And some saying, what have we done here? We should have not done it. And now say, we are in a real problem, what should we do? When I look about China from sitting in India, which I am today, 
India is ahead of America where they are very clear that there is a real, very, very big competitive situation, but also kind of a, a situation where one is the enemy of the other. So you look at from different countries, which I go to, and look at this situation from the angle of that country. And so you find very emotional, ideological, most of the people don't have facts. And it is the facts that are not quite clear that creates the emotional reaction. So that's the kind of a thing. So what is caused here is a very simple, verifiable phenomenon. And that is Soviet Union got dismantled, but that was a stronghold of a communist party. It was led by Lenin. And now 1949, the Communist Party of China got established, and they are a political movement. And that political movement is that the nations are to be governed with the principles of CCP, autocratic, top-down. And to do that, they have a movement first to get that control, full control in China, and then promulgate that particular view across the globe. So their approach to governing a nation is totally diametrically opposed to the democratic principles, capital markets, what America has built. So here is the fact. It's a stated fact by the CCP government that the America-anchored global order must be challenged penetrated, and even destroyed. Shifting to uh, to business and to enterprises, uh, what should uh, Western CEOs be thinking about this uh, China threat today? And then uh, what should they be doing? So the first part is for the CEOs. How much entanglement, how much dependent, or what kind they had regarding China and China's allies. That's the first part. Here, you've got to collect facts, observable, verifiable, and not emotional one or wishful one. Wishful one is that this government will pass, something new will come, and we will say, yes, we were there, and I'm glad we stayed there. You could, but you're going to have risks associated with it. And you're going to see what is to be done, not to be done. So that's the first item. The second item is that you've got to see how critical is your interdependence with the Chinese. So here is what I want everybody to know. That President Xi could not be more explicit. And he has a right to do that as the leader of the nation. That he wants to make China self-sufficient. Self-sufficiency is the order of the day. India has announced be self-sufficient. India has now banned in a proper way the, the import of computers and things of that kind. So self-sufficiency should be no, no doubt in anybody's mind that each CEO should ask, in the pursuit of self-sufficiency, what does it mean for their business with China? It's a matter of time, because we know this. There are facts 
that once a Chinese company in China, native Chinese company in China, is big enough, solid enough, good enough, they want that company to be world dominant. We have Huawei that basically has now made Nokia and Ericsson telecom infrastructure to be very marginal. They are totally marginal. This is their intent. It is being done in many industries. I have a very large capital company, worth probably the largest. I talked to the CEO and he's saying, yes, we built there, we did very well. People left us, created a Chinese company, and that they are forcing us to do things we don't want to do. We are now phasing out and we're moving to India. And Ram, looking at India, uh, it wasn't too long ago that I think people thought there's lots of talent, but it's so chaotic, there's no way to get in there and stay there and work there. Is anything changing on that front? It is big, big time. Mm -hmm. And that is the, the government in India has done miracles to convert the bureaucracy hugely, streamline it in a democratic framework. It's not there perfect yet, but we have ministers that have built the infrastructure very fast. What has happened, people don't know outside India, that it's not just the central government. Now the 29 states, the governments of these states are competing to bring the FDI, to bring the talent in, to bring the entrepreneurs in. And that has spurred a fantastic development in the nation. With the startups are unbelievable. Funding is being done. So all that is a big deal in the last about three years, hmm. but not understood outside India. And if you had a, a, a your second favorite country for uh, the new wave, what, what would you be looking at? Brazil, Indonesia? No, because I'm an Indian, it doesn't bias me. This the second is India. If you think after India, uh -huh. then I think you got to take a group of countries: Vietnam, Mexico, and Brazil. Ram, uh, what you're portraying and is a, in a way a kind of a, a global conflict between one way of doing things and another. And um, do you uh, draw an analogy between this and any wars in the past, uh, or is that yes, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. The difference is the wars in the past have been armed conflicts. This is conflict using the economic and technology weapons, which is slow, insidious, under the radar. President Xi is explicit, would like to achieve his goal without firing a shot. It's a quote. That's what's going on. We owe China 6.4 trillion. That's an economic warfare. They can use it against us. We are the largest debtor of China in the world. We allowed that. Our access, access to our market make China so rich money-wise. They may have deficit in their own currency inside, but they are heavy rich in the reserves of dollars and hard currencies. Because we are dull themselves, ourselves, their things are cheaper, that their, their labor is cheaper. That was a long time ago. 
it is the currency exchange and their drive to get reserves, currency, the revenue that continues to the extent of more than 300 billion a year. In 10 years, you're talking 3 trillion. The conditions will change. And Ricky Sanjay has said that in The Economist, that we have 10 years to get this equilibrium. Otherwise, it'll be out of hand. If you look at it more as a kind of a war or a battle uh, that may not be physical, but it's economic, how does the West uh, win this war, or can it? Yeah, first thing I want to know that I'm not saying they must pull out. They must make their own judgments. Yeah. Starbucks is going to be there. But until a chain comes along, they will be there. Mm -hmm. We have Procter & Gamble there. We have Nestle there. We have uh, Chinese fully controlled, run by a, an American citizen, largest seed company in the world. So we have all those. So we got to go case by case. Mm -hmm. But if you are a Walmart and you're importing a ton out of there, you better think about new ways. So Doug McMillan has announced how he's going to help India create outsourcing for the kinds of things Walmart needs. Very, 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 very positive approach that will raise the standard of living in India. It will also have a separate source of supplies. People will learn some new things. So that's the kind of a thing large company CEOs can do. And though suppose uh, individual companies are doing things like this, but uh, at the same time you're you're uh, looking at a a uh, a portrait of a Chinese uh, strategy which is pretty inexorable and determined to dismantle this Western way of operating. Uh, how is yes. it, is it possible to fight back, or is it just something that's going to happen? I mean, things do happen. Rome Why well. the key point is yeah, the key point Ken is each company must come to defend its interest. Mm -hmm. Washington can help, can give you protection of some kind when needed, or help you. The fight is done by companies, by industry. That was Ram Charan, business consultant, CEO advisor, and author of more than 30 books, speaking with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta. Podcasts like this one are just some of the benefits of joining the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.